eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Tuesday, May 24th, and you are listening to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are joined by national analyst Cooper Patagna on this episode to break down the performance and some recruiting talk on the number one prospect in the 2023 class, Arch Manning, who just had his spring game last weekend and also announced that he has been scheduling three official visits. He will begin his tour of schools with Georgia on June 3rd, that weekend, followed by an official visit to Alabama on June 10th, and then wrapping up the the trio of official visits in the month of June with the Texas Longhorns on June 17th. But Cooper, before we get to Arch Manning, I want to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I just, uh, you know, New Orleans is home for me. So it was, a, it was a trip home. It was really nice. Got to see my brother and spend some time back home. And, you know, where Arch played, uh, believe it or not, I actually grew up only a handful of blocks away from there. So pulled into my childhood house, put my stuff up and walked over to the stadium. It was pretty nice. Excellence in New Orleans, Louisiana. Arch Manning, <laughs> the number one player in the country, and Cooper Patagna going back home and, you know, kind of putting a stake on the ground and saying, hey, this is my territory, Arch. Uh, probably not the highlight of your trip, obviously, to see Arch Manning, but we will discuss uh, his performance. Is he still the number one player in the country after what you saw in that controlled scrimmage environment? I believe that. And, and I'm even more convicted now after seeing him. This was my first time seeing him. And, you know, I think for me, just seeing that live exposure, I got there an hour before practice and writing an article right now, but just kind of seeing the way that he interacted, the way that he went about his preparation. And then how did that really kind of flow over to to the field and what was his on-field presence like, his his command and how he really interacted with his teammates. So seeing that complete picture, which I think is more what you take from from being in an environment like that, I still think there's going to be questions about the, the level of competition that he faces. That's not going to change this year, uh, just being at a, at a two-way school like Newman. But he was on, man. He was super crisp, operating in the pocket. I, I thought his feet were calm. I thought he was very poised. He had a complete command of the offense that day. And I think for him, it's just we've seen that over the last three seasons. Now going into season four, we want to see him continue to kind of elevate his team and take the next step. They had a couple performances last year that I think were some head scratchers for some people, but this looked like a guy that had played three years of football. Physically, everything was there that you were looking for. And on that setting, in a spring game, on a Friday, he looked really good and he looked the part as the number one player in the country. 
You know, it's interesting. We were talking about Nico Yamaleava a, f- a couple of weeks ago, right? His performance at the Elite 11 Regional in Nashville, knowing that the spotlight was on him, knowing that everyone's eyes were glued on what he was doing uh, on every throw and every drill, going station to station. And when you're Arch Manning, when you carry that last name, when you're the number one prospect in the country, when everyone wants to know where you're going to school, it might be maybe a bit difficult to get lost in that, right? For a 17 year old kid for a player that's heading into his senior season and to hear you discuss maybe his demeanor right and his moxie and the way he carries himself i think it's pretty optimistic for him to be able to carry that weight of being the number one prospect of being a a manning of being a quarterback being that guy that everyone looks to as perhaps the best prospect in this 2023 class it's got to give you a, a sense of optimism right if you're one of these coaches that is recruiting him heavily and he had a crowd there too, you know, uh, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, LSU were all in attendance there too. So he was doing it in some in, in some pretty good company as well. And look, he looked very comfortable and you try not to overreact, right? I said the same thing about Nico Ayamalieva, uh, really in a limited sample size, limited setting. Uh, but you had to be very pleased, very optimistic with not only the way that he played on the field, but it, you know, for me, right? This is my first time seeing him in person. You know, the expectations that that surround Arch Manning, a lot of it coming to his last name and him being the number one player in the country, that is a lot to deal with, especially when you put that on the shoulders of a 17-year-old. To me, I saw a very focused individual from his preparation in the beginning of the game to to his execution throughout the day. Uh, And then I saw a very normal kid after it, after it was all over. So I think all three of those things, you come away pleased with what you see. And obviously, it's going to be a very different setting once he's playing in front of 100,000 plus people somewhere in the SEC in the near future. But good start nonetheless. Coop, we've been diving into his film now for for a couple of years and closely analyzing him and closely comparing him to the other quarterbacks in this class. Is there one trait that maybe pushes him ahead of the others in, in terms of when we are differentiating him between the Nico Yamaleavas, the Malachi Nelsons, the Dante Moores, the, the Jaden Rashadas of this 23 class? I think it's the the skill set. Obviously, all these all these quarterbacks bring something different to the table, something unique uh, that has put them in this position. We have four quarterbacks within the top 10. I think with, with Arch Manning, you look at him, it's a complete physical tool set uh, that he has at his disposal. But on top of that, the intuition and the flow of how he plays the game, the tempo, the the ability to play under control, make quick and timely decisions, and play with accuracy under pressure. I think for me, those are the things that really kind of stand out. Those are the things that elevate some of the top quarterbacks on Sundays, some of the top quarterbacks on Saturdays. And we've seen that, you know, like when, when you look at a, a skill set like a Tom Brady, that's really what elevates a player like him, something like a Joe Burrow. And yeah, those guys compensate in other areas, but it's it's their master class of ability to be able to slow the game down, process it very quickly and make good decisions somewhere from eight to nine out of 10 times. I don't think Arch is at that level yet, but we've seen that over the last three years. I'm really looking forward to seeing him this year because I think he's got his best football ahead of him. Yeah, very controlled, like you mentioned, and taking a very controlled approach with his recruitment as well. Very methodical, but we do have some clarity now. Has those three official visits that I mentioned, kicking it off with Georgia, then Alabama, and then Texas heading into the backstretch in the month of June. We will take a short break, but we continue our discussion on the number one prospect in the 2023 class, Arch Manning. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back. 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Blair Angulo joined by National Analyst Cooper Patagna. And Coop, before we continue our discussion on Arch Manning, you have a show every Tuesday that you guys shoot live. You and Andrew Ivins, our colleague at 24-7 Sports. And that conversation is then relayed onto this podcast on Fridays in this feed. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more in case they are not aware of, of that really good content hour that you guys provide every Tuesday? Appreciate the plug there. Yeah, it's on uh, 9.30 a.m. Central Time every Tuesday. And, and really, Andrew and I just kind of break down the, the current recruiting lines of everything that's kind of transpiring in, in the world of, of recruiting week by week. We try to stay current and relevant. Uh, also try to, to get the listeners involved. We've got a new segment called High Low Casino, uh, which I think a lot of fans can kind of air their grievances on the recruiting rankings, which guys are too high, too low. And then Andrew and I have to defend that position. But, uh, you know, it's something that's only in the early stages. I think we've only been doing it for two months, but I, I think the network's got some really cool stuff planned with it. And, and we're certainly excited about it as well. Do we have a name for it yet? We do have a name. Uh, you know, I, we're still working with uh, my buddy Trey Scott in terms of the finality of that. Uh, okay. In terms okay. Of, of when we can actually put that out there in the public. But we do okay, have a name. Perfect. I, I think yeah. Keeping it under wraps. I like it. It's, I think it, we're waiting on a logo too. So uh, I think we're pretty big league now. There must be something in the water in New Orleans, right? <laughs> With all the secrecy going around. You know, they actually have boiled water advisories in the, in New Orleans. So that's actually, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, a lot of secrecy. So yeah, stay tuned for that. The show will be named soon. Um, and obviously a logo will come out and great stuff there with Cooper Patagna and, and Andrew Ivins and, and a player that I know you guys will continue to discuss on those Tuesdays is Arch Manning. You mentioned before we hit record on this on this show that AJ Milwe, the quarterbacks coach at Texas, was a shadow at this scrimmage. He was shadowing Arch Manning and kind of keeping those close quarters with him, analyzing his every move. And when you look at the order of the official visits, Texas being last has to mean good news for the Longhorns, right? Yes and no. You know, I think it's a it's a two sided question. I think if if Arch were to choose today, and this is this is speculative, I I think there's a high level of comfort with all three of these programs: Alabama, Georgia, Texas. I think for me, it would probably come down to Texas and Georgia. And I think Texas has done, to their credit, everything right to put themselves in a position to land Arch Manning. I think what's next for them? We talked before the show, me and you, Blair, about finality, right? And now Arch is, is 
potentially could make a decision. That's to me, that's what those OBs say is going to try to get the decision done before the season starts. I think that would be ideal for him. But the level of finality, if you were to commit to a place like Alabama or Georgia, two programs that just played for a national title versus a team that just won five and seven last year in Texas, I think that's different, right? So if he commits to Texas and let's say next month or, or early in the summer, is that really over? right? Is Arch Manning really going to sign his name there come December? That's a lot of time left for a program like Alabama or Georgia or maybe anybody else to make their move. And for me, Texas still has something to prove to to Arch Manning. They have to go out there and show that they are trending in the right direction. And I think they have to go out there and show that they can be competitive week two against a team like Alabama. And Arch Manning has to know that he's going into a very stable organization. You know, and and you say you start talking about these teams and and kind of, you know, doing a pros and cons list. You know, one of these is not the same. Right. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, And then you start talking about the track record, start talking about the success. You know, to me, that's all going to play out now. You know, whether Arch decides to to go to Texas, you know, I'm not shutting the door on anything and I'm not trying to rain on Texas's parade, but they have to go out there with a one one program between these three that is not on solid footing or foundation. So to say that this is going to be, you know, open and shut if he decides to commit to them, I think that'd be silly. I do feel like there is some jostling going around a number of times right, with, with various recruitments. And with this, this one being as methodical as it's been, as in-depth as it's been, it's been so thorough, right? He's taken multiple visits to all these schools. It seems like very calculated and there's a lot of research going on, a lot of conversations. I'm not sure that the order of visits matter, but I, I do feel like there is a sense here of like, okay, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, and then you're going to come to us and, and check us out. And there might be some visits during the season. There might be places that he gets out to during those fall Saturdays, right? Where he's able to go out and check out some game day atmospheres again and and, and really get a feel for, for the, the vibe within the locker rooms at these programs. Dating back to your time in recruiting offices, did you have a preference? Did you want to have the first visit? Did you want to have the last one? Or, or did it just vary on, on the recruit? It varied on the recruit. You know, you look at a guy like Arch Manning and he's he's different. How is he getting to, to Texas? How is he getting to, to Tuscaloosa or Athens? You know, we've seen him. I think he, he's got the resources and and obviously he can he can hop on a quick flight and get there and that's no issue, right? Which is part of the reason when you start to evaluate this over the summer versus evaluating a prospect that really doesn't have those resources and has to rely on a university to pay their way for an official visit, that last important becomes very important. Now, in the case of Arch Manning, you know, in terms of the accessibility to the places that he wants to go, that's not going to be an issue for him even throughout the season, right? So, you know, he's been to, to all three of these programs multiple times. He's had multiple exposures to all three of them. You know, I guess in the sense of if there were some questions that still needed to be answered, maybe after he makes a commitment or maybe if we get into the fall and he still hasn't, I don't think that's going to be an issue for him whatsoever. Yeah, I do think it's it's super interesting. I was discussing it with Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end in the country last week at his showcase out at Pinnacle in North Phoenix. And he mentioned that he he's even looking at what Arch Banning is doing, right? Like they're looking at 
the potential ramifications of where he might end up. And, you know, oh, by, by the way, Deuce Robinson is considering Texas, Georgia, and Alabama. Also very high on USC. That's where my crystal ball is right now with the Trojans. Um, but keep an eye on that one because Arch Manning has that pull. He's a household name in recruiting. Every recruit seems to know and want to know where he's going to end up. And uh, I think that's the the other domino about this, right? Like not only are we waiting for the dominoes to fall within the quarterback, I guess, stratosphere, right? In terms of the recruits, but also every other prospect that could potentially join one of these classes will then immediately get a huge boost because it it, it adds another appeal. It adds another layer to to the process. And this this recruitment specifically carries so many different angles that uh it, it makes it one of the most fascinating ones that we've seen in, in a long time. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it, and I kind of, you know, I've been writing about it here, putting an article together, but I mean, you know, there's so many different dynamics that go into evaluating Arch Manning, but I, I don't think people really truly understand that. I think there's the the fan opinion that says, okay, this guy's propped up because of his last name. And then it's like, okay, well, you strip that away objectively, right? You have to balance subjective versus objective attributes. He's still exactly what you want, prototypical of what you want. Seeing him in person, six foot four and change, 215 pounds plus, can make every throw on the field. He's athletic, you know, deceptively and to the point that you, you have to respect him as a runner as well. And then you add in the fact, the Manning legacy, and it is important. Like people are like, well, you know, because he's a Manning. Well, yeah, you have to take into consideration that his two uncles have four Lombardi trophies between them and they're both Hall of Famers. And his grandfather, I mean, you're talking about the royal family of football. I think you'd be stupid not to not to consider that, right? And you also have to be careful not to loop him into that category right now. Um, so there is, it is there one is of that the most, knock, right? Where people wonder if his name was Arch Thomas or Arch, you know, Smith, like would he still be the number one prospect in the country? Right. And I get it. And it's a very viable questions. And I like I said, I think there's there's a lot of viable or not a lot. There's a couple viable questions like his ability to elevate the talent around him. I can tell you this, it looks like his offensive line, all four of the four to the five guys came from Willie Wonka and the chocolate factor. You know, Oompa Loompas, <laughs> no disrespect to them, but that's how he was, and that's who he's playing with. He had four or five drops. I've seen that throughout the, the season. I'm not making excuses, but when you start to look at the context and you look at the big picture, and there's certainly areas of his game that he needs to improve. But if we were to go down the list last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Nico Ayamalieva. It's there with him too. It's there with Malachi Nelson. These are 17-year-olds. They're not complete products, right? So they're not perfect. Every, every single one of these prospects, regardless of position, is going to have some type of flaw or area of improvement in their game ahead of them. You know, so and to me right now, and I know I'm kind of ranting here, but it's like, they have to be it right now. And I don't see it that way. And, and I think a lot of these guys are going to be able to come in and, and contribute immediately if it's the right environment for them. Uh, but in terms of Arch Manning, there's certainly areas of his game that he can improve, but he's already pretty damn good, you know, and, and I think you got to balance all that out when you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Super fascinating stuff. And, and Coop, I think I know what's in the water in New Orleans. It must be Willy Wonka's Chocolate River. <laughs> that's that's if it. If My, we're talking I, I, Oompa Loompas. My poor guys over there. I'm not taking a shot at, at Newman or the Greenies, man. I'm just telling you, like, you go out there and you're like, 
okay. You know, you start to, you start to kind of see it a little bit and it's like, no wonder he's running for his life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff. And right now running the world of college football recruiting and running it for us, Cooper Patagna. Cooper, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, boy. Appreciate you, man. All right. That is national analyst Cooper Patagna. Remember, you can catch him every Tuesday live, 930 Central on 24-7 Sports Twitter feed as well. Uh, On this Twitter or on this football recruiting podcast feed every Friday with Andrew Ivan. So for Cooper Patagna and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. of sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen